It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the best seller's body care set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. Harry Wakes right to the last. And welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well. We're back during this international break, bringing you a special edition of The Last Word on Spurs. Before we announce who we've got, delighted to have alongside me um, the instructor of our crazy train in Mr. Lee McQueen in the house. Lee, how are you? Not bad, Rick. Nice to talk to you. I ain't spoke to you for ages, have I, uh, on, on the pod? So, uh, yeah, really happy to be back and uh, really excited uh, of the guest that we've got on today to talk all things Tottenham Hotspur. Totally agree, totally agree. Now, we had this guy in the summer and really good reaction to him on the last one on Spurs. Former Tottenham player, of course, coach, manager as well. Delighted to welcome back to the last one on Spurs. The brilliant Dean Austin joins us. Dean, how are you? I'm well, Rick. How are you doing? You not good? Bad, not bad nice to see you. Nice to see you both. Nice to speak to you, Dean. It's been a bit of a crazy year, you, obviously. A bit crazy. That's the last time we spoke to you, we were in a pandemic. We're still in that pandemic. So much has <laughs> happened in this crazy, crazy year. How have you and the family been? You've been well? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Yeah, chugging along like we all are trying to do, I think, and doing the old uh, homeschooling. And uh, it was good to see the kids go back to school a, a few weeks ago, I've got to say, mate. Mate, I feel, I feel, I, I'm the same. I've got three daughters and uh, the homeschooling was uh, was a challenge for sure. Um, and the craziness is about to start again, isn't it? Because they're, they're breaking up for Easter soon, so... Absolutely. <laughs> two weeks off again. They've only got back That's three it. weeks. They're off for two weeks. <laughs> hey, to be, to be uh, back at school again. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Any consolation, mine's three months old. You may hear him regularly feature on this podcast. Probably not in the way you might want him to as a, as a Spurs fan, but uh, you may hear some echoes in the background. So apologies for that. We're, uh, he's, he's crying like most Spurs fans at the moment, to, Rick. To, to be fair, yeah, to be fair. I mean, all I can say is he's been the best distraction possible this season. So um, I've been very lucky on that account where, to be fair, football in my life hasn't always been uh, top of the agenda, which is a first in my life. So, um, yeah, I mean, but we are here to talk all things Tottenham. Like I say, been a difficult season, I would say, so far. Probably the word I would use. I mean, Dean, that's why we've got you here as well. We want to get your thoughts on what's been, as I've mentioned, a season that I think for the moment won't be one to remember, but it could be depending on how we finish. But Dean, if I take you back to, I would say, kind of early November, December, Tottenham riding high, 
top of the Premier League, in all competitions, fighting on all four fronts. At that point, Dean, what did you think was achievable with this group of players and the manager? Well, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't getting as carried away as a lot of people were, mate, to be honest with you. And I don't mean that detrimentally, just honestly. Um, I thought that the team was solid and was efficient without being outstanding. Or shall I say that we had two outstanding players at the top end of the field that, you know, they've got to be up there in the top, top seven strikers in the world, in world football at the minute. But I thought that we were... We were dogged, mate. We were diligent, but pretty pragmatic, but doing some damage on the counter-attack. I mean, it's been one of those seasons, hasn't it, Lee, where, you know, let's be honest about it, we did get at one point very, very carried away, as we always do on this podcast. No, no I did. I always oh, do. Right. <laughs> I think, listen, I'm the complete opposite. I can't point, hold myself in. Yeah, I mean, listen, at the point of November, um, December, I mean, we were getting very, very excited. Like I say, we were fighting on all four fronts. We were top of the Premier League. I mean, as you know, as you've read on that blue book, the stats out there, we had the best, I think, defence in the Premier League. We had one of the best attacking ratios as well. Players were entwining. We, we had, you know, real, real partnerships blossoming across the the pitch at that point for you Lee I know you were getting very very excited you look now at where we are and you know we have still got you know a league cup final to come we have still got a chance of top four do you think at the time of November December was we naive to get carried away or do you just think at that time it's difficult to really put a judgment on it at that point well I, th- I think Dean's right I think at the end of the day we were pragmatic and uh, back then the pragmatic approach was getting results because we were top of the league we had the best defence in the uh, in, in the Premier League had Harry Kane and Hummin Son on absolute flames um, and you know l- like Dean said we were doing damage on the counter-attack it wasn't all rosy in the garden you know we were beating teams like West Brom away 1-0 um, but actual fact you could actually say well that's a result because typically we we draw that game one all or or we lose it uh, in in years gone by but but actually you know we weren't pulling up any trees we were, I think we had a one nil away to burnley during that during that kind of run um and we were still drawn to the likes of walls and to the likes of crystal palace and and and, and that type of uh, thing so that game i think was a not a sliding doors moment but it was definitely a a, a moment when we played liverpool at anfield uh, and uh, bergwijn could have scored uh, he hit the post, didn't he, I think, and it didn't just go straight in and he had another opportunity and then obviously um, Bobby steps up in the 92nd minute and wins and uh, scores a winner. And I just think that that took a load of wind out of our sails and it shouldn't have done really, but the mentality wasn't there to kind of to, 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 to bounce back and we went on a horrendous run. So I think in hindsight, yeah, we were naive uh, to get a little bit carried away, but I think that we've been starved of getting carried away for, for so many years. You, you kind of... Like I always say, Rick, it's it's hope more than expectation. It's the hope that keeps you and it's the hope that kills you. And, you know, as Tottenham fans, we want success. And, you know, we were we were probably hoping more than expecting. Dean, I'm going to go a bit further back and go to the summer. Um, the business at Tottenham done, you know, Gareth Bauer coming back to the club, Spurs signing lights of Matt Doherty, Pierre Hoybier, Sergio Regulon. When you looked at the business Spurs done, Dean, was that for you a kind of thinking process that, you know, Spurs, we've got a good chance of top four, even beyond that. What was your thoughts when you saw that the squad kind of assemble throughout the summer? Well, no, I think that, you know, what he, um, what he's gone and done is that he's loaded the squad up, obviously, with, with very good players, um, two players for every position and um, knew that the games were going to come thick and fast, you know, for the Premier League, you know, he wanted it 
you know, he wants to win a trophy and he won't care what trophy that is because, uh, you know, for me, it's a, for me, it's about, it's about him being able to say, right, I've got 21 trophies now, not 20, not, and it, and it will be, um, you know, oh yeah, Spurs haven't won a trophy for 13 years and on the man, I've, I've won them their first trophy. Um, so he wanted to go on all fronts and to go on all fronts, you've got to have a lot of players, uh, which, you know, this is a, this is a squad that is very much loaded um, to be able to have an assault on the top four. Because that, for me, you know, it, it's very, very difficult now to um, win trophies. Um, the Carabao is probably the easiest one to have a go at if you're going to go strong with your team. Because most Premier League teams this year and, and the ones in Europe as well have just gone, right, we'll rest players and put other players in. So we've managed to um, we've managed to crack on with that and, and do okay. And obviously um, beating Chelsea in the earlier rounds was was, was big. Um, but you've got to be in the top four. For me, you know, I, I think it's just my opinion. I, I believe that the chairman gets a lot of stick uh, unjustic for me. It's just my opinion. Um, because, you know, what he does do is that, you know, he's built this club. Um, got, we've got the best stadium in the world. We've got one of the best training grounds in the world. And everything is a process. It's, it's, and trying to um, try and keep a team in the top four when you're doing those things is, is not easy. It's not easy. I do believe that there was more money available to Maurizio um, at certain times, but I believe that there were certain players and Maurizio decided not to sign certain players. Um, it's like kind of the 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 uh, things that I've heard. Um, but if you want to be competing, you know, forget the stadium, forget the training ground. If we want to be able to spend money, like the money like we did on like Tangy, for example, going to spend that 55, 57 million, whatever it was, you've got to be in the Champions League. And if you're not in the Champions League, you know, you can't bankrupt a club or, or, or you have to take care of the budget sheets as well. But that is where you need to be. All, all nice and all nice and people get will be all happy when we if we win a trophy, if we win the Carabao. But that's not where the money is. If if Jose Mourinho and I think that he will want to go again in the summer, as in regards to probably lose of this squad, lose four, five, maybe, to replace the players or to replace these players with the players that he wants, they're gonna to need to be in the Champions League. It's an interesting point there, you know, Dean makes, Lee, in terms of, you know, the squad, the ambition of the team and where we want to go. I just wonder, Lee, you know, bring it back to Dean's point on the board there, you know, do you feel, does the club really target glory or does the balance sheet really dictate the level of success that we aim for? Well, I think I think I put a stat out on the last pod, actually, that, uh, you know, if you look at since the Premier League uh, started, 92-93 season, I think it was, um, you, you accumulate all of the games that we've played and all of the points that we've played against anyone that's played in that Premier League. We're fifth in the table. You know, we're not eighth, we're not ninth, we're not, we're not sixth, we're fifth. 
Um, so that gives you a kind of a level of foundation, if you like, of where we should be there or thereabouts. So you know, when Dean talks about uh, getting into Champions League, I think it is absolutely crucial that we that we are playing European football, and whether or not that's Champions League or whether or not that's Europa League. Uh, we all know the finances that come with the Champions League, and that, that is uh, that is another part of it. But actually, being uh, Tottenham being in Europe is 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 really really critical uh, for for where we need to be. And I'd be worried if we didn't if we scraped say we scraped into the top <coughs> four this season. Um, and I'm not saying we will, by the way, but you know I'm optimistic. It's the hope that keeps you. Um, say we get into the top four and we don't go again in the summer, like like we were talking about before, um, and I'd be worried going in the Champions League with a squad. I'd be worried with that, with some of that the performance that we've had in defence playing by Munich. It might be another seven-two. So, so I think the two go kind of hand in hand. That we have to go again. I think we need to remember as well that okay, Jose for, for everyone that, that that wants to fire um, stones at Jose, they will say that he's had two transfer windows. But in fairness, he's probably had one proper one decent transfer window which was the summer and like Dean said you know brought in some some talent positions everybody at the beginning of the season well, I say everybody look 95% of Tottenham fans that we have on the listeners on our show Rick they were happy with what was brought in in the summer you know and Bow being a cherry on the cake you can look at it in hindsight and say well, he hasn't played but we didn't know that at the time um, you know, I think Regulon's been a brilliant acquisition. Um, you know, I think Pierre Emil Hoiberg has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, you know, obviously to bring in a Gareth Bale and a Vinicius at the time, you look at Vinicius' goal scoring record with the amount of appearances he's had. People say he can't hold the ball up. He's not brilliant. You know, we're going to send him back and not pay 38 million for him. But but actually, his goal terms, he got 12 goals now in like 11 appearances or something like that. Um, you know, with three assists in the Europa League. So w- w- when you look at some of them, the, the, the business that was done in the transfer window in, in the summer was, was a good foundation for Jose. But but surely you've got to give him another decent transfer window, haven't you? To see if he can build and, and like what Dean said, to go again to, to get into the to, to the Champions League and beyond. I mean, I think that the stat that I've just mentioned about being fifth, it doesn't guarantee you. We've been in the Champions League four times, Right. Uh, sorry, five times. We've been in the Champions League five times, right? In in the in, in the history of being in the foot in the in the club. So yes, we 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 definitely need to be aspiring to be back in that in there. And I agree with you, Dean, when you say about the Carabao Cup might put something shiny in the in the trophy cabinet, but it's not gonna be a legacy. It's not gonna it's not gonna en- enable us to go and sign Mbappe, is it? Like, let's be honest about it. I mean, maybe that's a bit stupid, but you know what I mean? Like, Haaland ain't going to come as our second striker, is he? If we, if we yeah. win the Carabao Cup. So finances, to, to answer your question, Rick, finances are absolutely a key point. But then you look at, um, you know, the price of football, good friends of the show. We've had uh, the guys on over, over the price of football on the show before. And they, they put out a tweet earlier this week in that we are top of the um, revenue charts. I mean, how's that happened? And you just think, well, wow, you know, it's probably because we didn't spend anything for 518 days that, or, or, or you know, the, you know, one of our own Chris Cowling always reminds us. So I think there was definitely a balance between what the board have been doing. And you, and again, you can't take it away from what Dean's talking about there. You know, we have got the best stadium in the world, get best training facilities in the world. We, we are set up to go and do the business. And to be fair to the board, what they did is they made a really tough decision in getting rid of one of the, 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 the people's managers, should we say, or one of the best managers that we've had in modern times in terms of Maurizio to bring in one of the best managers of all time in terms of trophy winning. But but like I go back to what I said before, and it's the identity of the club and the understanding of what we're all about in, in terms of the club is that 
just because we win one trophy doesn't really mean anything in the longer fit. What, what now? No, what, what happens? So Jose comes in, he, 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 he does his things with Deli Ali and Tungundan Ballet and everything that he's done now with Gareth Bale, he, 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 you know, he flips everything up in the air and then in, you know, in a year's time he's left, still out of Jose because that's what he does and then what? You know, where's the bigger picture it's here? Where's the identity in the plan? Where's, yeah. Where is that and plan? I just feel, yep. yeah, it's that, that, that key. And it, it's not about... It's called success planning. It's called success planning, Lee. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for me, that, that's where, that's why I would say to the board is what is our success? Under uh, Mauricio Potticino, 2014, he came in. We had a five-year project and a five-year plan. This is where we was going to go. We're going to move stadium. Really exciting. We're going to do all this great stuff. And to be fair, we nearly pulled off the big one. Like, we literally nearly did it. It was incredible times. The football we played was unbelievable. Ripping teams apart. Man City at the old White Hart Lane. I remember that game I was there. It was just amazing. But, but we're in a transitional period. And when you look at other football clubs like Liverpool, um, and I think they were a very good case, actually, because they went to the Champions League final and lost it. And then the next year they won it. Um, and, you know, they went again and they got the they got the business done. And our opportunities to go again, learn from them. We got to Champions League final. We didn't win it. Get over it. You know, it's a mentality thing. Let's go again. Let's see where we can go. And I think that, you know, that, that there's a, there's a, I want to use the word re- rebuild because obviously Pochino used that quite a lot, mm. but there's a rebuild there that is, that is, we're in the middle of. Yeah. It hasn't been finished by one transfer and you probably need three transfer windows. Is that fair? And dare I say, I still think there's a bit of a hangover from that Champions League final and we're still, still in the hangover. Two years, yeah, two years. Two year hangover. I mean, Dean, coming over to you, one question I want to ask you because Lee's already picked up on it and you've also kind of mentioned it and alluded to it is for you, Dean, how good is this squad? Because, you know, there's been several critics of certain players in the squad. Obviously, Jose's had his criticism as well. We're going to come to Jose probably in the second half of this show. But, Dean, you look at this squad and you said there, you know, in the summer, it was all about trying to assemble it to have two players for every position. When you look at what we've got now, um, how good do you rate this squad? Well, listen, you know, we've got a team of internationals. We've got a team of internationals and, and, and form is temporary class is permanent if if they're at that level um i i feel that we probably made a mistake by not replacing yang as in with a somewhat a top a top center off and left footed at that as well so that there's not many around um but if i if I look at sort of we play four two three one. If I look at the striking positions and the wide positions, Bale, Bergwijn, Lamella, Deli, Locielso, Son, Moira, Kane, and Vinicius. Now, for me, I don't think there's another team in the Premier League that have got seven players, seven players like that, as in regards to starters and backups. Well. Bale, really, Bale's a starter. Players, when players play, like my thinking was this, I, I thought, and something's obviously happened at the football club because Jose has obviously hacked, hacked a few of these players off. But the plan must have been with this group of players, you know, to go, that players need minutes to get into a groove. If you want players to get into a groove, they need games. So there's probably an opportunity here where he could have almost mixed and matched his teams a little bit and gone right. We've got like to with 
no disrespect, I'm not disrespecting the Europa League, but he probably could have put his top team out in the in the uh, Premier League, which he was doing. But I think that in when we was playing in the Europa League, I think that he could have, you know, but it's, you know, it's management. Management at the top level is, it is hard. And the pressure is incredible. But the most important thing for me is, is management and how you deal with these players and how you communicate with them. And there's obviously been some issues because Gareth never played for, you know, when Gareth plays four, four or five games, all of a sudden, you, you know, he's not the Gareth Bale of seven years ago. But crikey, you're talking about, you're still talking about a world-class performer. He, I think he, he, you... he changed games, didn't he, Dean? Sorry yeah. to interact with you. Yeah. He changed games, yeah. didn't he? When you could Absolutely. see that, when he come on against West Ham, you thought, hello. And it wasn't quite, you know, enough that day, but he hit the bar, didn't he, with an outrageous uh, yeah. effort. And, you know, that could have been very different. But, you know, that, that gave him a spark for six or seven games on the trot. And again, you look at his goal record and his assist record for the amount of appearances and minutes <coughs> that he played. It's not actually that bad, considering, like you said, he, he's not the Gareth Bale seven years ago, but he's still an unbelievable yeah. player. And then, and yeah, then he's in and out the side, isn't he? Uh, and I, I actually believe that with, with modern day players and the game has changed, the game has evolved so much in like five years, 10 years, unbelievably. Players are different now. They're very different. They are, you know, they are sulky characters. They, they, they want to play football. Now, if they're not playing, and I think what's kind of happening is that they're kind of not, not playing. They don't get picked in the squad. They get left behind. And they go, oh, Jesus Christ, what's, what's all this about? They probably don't get spoken to. And it's one thing that I've seen with foreign managers. Sometimes a lot of foreign managers don't communicate with a lot of their players. They just ex expect players to accept. When they're picked, they expect them to do the job. And then when they're not picked, they expect them to do the job. And, and Jose does that, don't he, Dean? Like we've seen that even on his Instagram posts. Mm. I mean, he's not—he's not shy, is he? We've shown everyone that he's not talking to anyone who's got the ump no. with him. You can—you no. can imagine him not talking to, yeah, you know, I don't know, Deli Ali, for example. Uh, you know, for three days, or you know, Gareth Bale for him, for him coming off, or Bergvine for not missing. You can imagine him doing that, and that can't be helpful. I mean, you, you've managed top level as well, Dean. You're, you're managing, you're coaching top level. This can't be the way, can it? To... It's not. It's not a. Um, you know, I was involved at Watford in in this type of thing, and we had we had a very big squad. We had we had 23, 24 players. Okay, we might we might have a couple of injuries, but we'd still have twenty proper outfield players. And listen, mate, even at that, I mean, it's still the Premier League. They get the cob on, mate. If they're not playing. They want to know why why they ain't playing. And you've got to be able to communicate with them. What's the magic thing with that? What's the magic thing when you've got a squad of that many and you can't pick them all? Is it like you just said there, communicating with these boys day in, day out? Is that the magic? You, yeah, I think if you've got players at a level, if you've got players at a level that you know that they are good players that can that can still do the things like, for example, like let's use Gareth, he's a prime example. If you've got a player like that who you know that it's got, still got stuff in the tank that can, you've, you've got to be communicating with them. You've got to be talking to them. You've got to be, you know, you've got to, you've got to have empathy. You've got to be able to listen. 
you know? And it's and it is, it's like, you know, I remember um on all or nothing on the on the thing when Jose came in, he said he, he addressed the players and he said, you know, the worst thing is this was before the West Ham games first game, he said the worst thing is is that I've got to pick eleven players. And, or I've got to pick 18 players and there's players that we have to leave behind and this makes me sad. It doesn't look like it makes him sad now, to be honest, we're, we're with you because the way he comes across is that he don't give a monkeys. It, it, it comes across like that, but what's it, and again, you make a brilliant point about it, the documentary, but but what's really interesting is that when you, when you talk to, uh, or, or you see interviews, obviously I don't talk to him, but when you see interviews of ex-players of Chelsea, for example, and we saw, we saw it on a touchline with John Terry the other day, uh, at Aston Villa, they love him. And they would have walked through walls for him. Drogba, Petacek, uh, you know, Ivanovic, uh, you know, Carvalho, John Terry, Frank Lampard. They would have just walked through walls for the bloke. So 16 years ago, Lowly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's football, interesting. As football and players yeah, change, guys, is that what it is now, do you think, Dean? Is it and, the case of different yeah. the game? And, and, you, got, and you, you understand, right, so you had, for example, he had John Terry, he had Frank Lampard, and he had Drogba. Any issues, those three leaders, mate, sort it out. They'll sort it out. Spurs ain't got that. Harry Kane's not like that. Harry Kane's a leader by example, not a leader of men. Hugo, obviously, last week's come out. He's had a pop, you know, not happy. But I don't see, I don't see other players, I don't see other players like that. I think that, you know, I could see like a potentially maybe a, a Pierre, yeah, you know, trying to rally, trying to rally the, the the troops, but come on, he's only you know he's been at Southampton. <laughs> With all due respect, this is Tottenham Hotspur. He's not going to come straight in the building, and then it, you know he's got to build into that role. He's not going to be able to come straight in and then start throwing throwing the gauntlet down them. You know, oh, to be honest with you, you know, looking at um, Hoyberg, you know, he has he's done exceptionally well, but he's looked tired. He's looked really tired in the last sort of five to ten games. He's looked very tired. You know, two two games gave penalties away, successive games. You know, but you've still got you've still got players there. Like you, you know, you still got players there. But it's it, and I think that what happens is that in a situation like this, players players are only human beings. They're only human beings, and if you are elbowed out of it and it's made pretty clear that you are not really one of the boys that he wants to play then that becomes exceptionally difficult which makes a mockery of having 23 men 24 men in the squad Mm. because there's players here now at the moment that are surplus that really they need to go really I think it's interesting as well, Dean. You said um, you know, a little bit earlier, four, four or five players kind of need to move them on. And, and, and that's you know, probably, Rick, I'm probably stealing your, your, your next question. Like, who, who, who might they be? When you look at the situation, we, we, um, when we're doing the Love Sports shows, we, uh, we, we said the, co- the six contract rebels. Do you remember, Rick? And we, we labelled them the contract rebels and we talked about kind of, you know, people wanting to go. You know, one of them rebels, you know, he's, he's improved under Jose in, in a sense, uh, who we labelled, which was Serge Aurier, but he's still at the club. Danny Rose is still at the club. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I mean, you know, for all of the good stuff Danny Rose has done for the football club and people are split on him, I'm not having a go at him at all. All I'm saying is from a situation that he don't want to be at the football club, the football club don't want him to be at the football club, 
yet you're still at the football club. That that has to be an issue, like at some stage. You, know, you can move him around. This is a guy that has um, built amazing relationships with the likes of Hummin Son, with Harry Kane, with Deli Alley. Of course he has. He's been their teammates for, 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 for years. So there must be some sort of, I'm not saying Danny, Danny Rose is influencing, but I'm saying that, when you said it's he's like still around, he's still hanging around. That's exactly, what you're saying. Yeah, so exactly he's not going to be. Exactly he's that. not going to be shedding. He's not going to be shedding things. Listen, I've known Danny. Uh, Danny was on came on loan when Brendan and I were at Watford in 2008, 2009, oh, and he's a, he's a fantastic lad. Um, but I don't think that that's healthy. I think that looking at the situation, I, I look at that situation, and I think it's unnecessary. We don't need it. You know, you don't need it. There has to be, there has to be a compromise. Totally, and that's and coming back to you know, you know, the chairman or the board or whatever. We know that we're not going to give him an extension. We know that he's going to be leaving on a free in the summer. Why not just pay his contract up? You know, and just say, Danny, you know, go and get yourself another club. Like, you know, and and give him an opportunity as well because you know he's done a fantastic service to the football club. He's been with us for what eleven years, is it now? Ten years, uh, you know. And even his contract runs bit... over. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, I think I, I, I think bet it's, it's, I bet he's not offered a testimonial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think you know that that's the I, I think for me that's the the sad part or the shame is that so people will be screaming at me now saying, well, you can't just move players on. And I get that. You can't just move them on, you know, but, but the thing that, that Daniel or Mr. Levy, the chairman always wants to do is get is is return back on, on that investment essentially. And, you know, from a business perspective, fair play. And he does most of the time he does well, but where that's detrimental is if you've got a couple of players, three or four players that are hanging around that, that are, bringing the, the squad down by, even if it's a 5% level, we know it's fine margins in, in this game. And that 5% bring down, get, finish you sixth, not fourth. It's counterproductive, right? And what yeah. you could have done is you could have finished in the top four and got 30, 40, 50 million for Champions League run, but you haven't. You finished in the Europa League run, you get 15 million and you've still got players on your books that don't really want to be there. I mean, yeah. I, I've never run, thank, thank goodness for the Tottenham fans, I've never, run, I've, re, I've never run a football club, but I run businesses and it's the same thing. And if you've got, no, not harmonious dressing room or if you haven't got harmony in your team, you're going to have a problem. It's going to be counterproductive. So you need to either talk it out, understand where it needs to be, get everybody on the same page, pulling in the right direction or... And those that don't, you jump them off. Get off the train. Exactly that yeah. thing. If you're not in, get off. It's, it's just no problem. You know, in, in, in team, for t- team cohesion, you know, you know, I, I always refer to this, I, I refer to it as like a boat and everyone picks up an oar and you're rowing the boat. And I always say, like, regards to the people that I've worked with, you pick up your oar. Listen, some people row quicker than others. And sometimes you have to say, look, slow down a little bit or okay, or quicken up a little bit or whatever. But as, as soon as someone obstructs by sticking the oar into the water to try and steer the boat off course, you've got to chuck them overboard. It's, it's pure and simple. It's, it's like, I don't, you know... The chairman has, has, has obviously got a way that he does things. I never got the Christian Eriksen scenario. Three windows before the end is our best offer. Are you going to take it? No, I'm not. Right, you need to go. Bang. And get the most money that you can get for him at that point. Now, some people will go, well, he's that great a player. We'll keep him for another six months and what have you. And if we kick on, he might do well. And if he does well, we still might stay. Nah. Sometimes you just got to accept the situation for what it is, 
look at the problem. What's the solution? And what's, what and what's, are the solutions? I, I totally agree. And what, what's really interesting about that particular example is that Christian Eriksen is probably going to win the league with Inter Milan this year. I mean, you literally couldn't make it up, could you? Like, all of that time, won a new challenge, and then he had a little bit of uh, of an issue, didn't he? Like, last year of integrating in, he weren't playing, and this, that, and the other. Well, you know, unless uh, unless uh, I've got this completely wrong, Inter Milan are top of the league. So, you know, and, and he's gone to a football club for a new challenge where he's probably going to win, win, a, win a major trophy, which is just ironic. And, and, and I think that, you know, like you say, when, when, that, when that player or that member of staff or that employee is turned around to you and said, boss, you know what? I'm done. There's no way back. They're done. They're done in their head. It doesn't matter how long you keep them for. If you get somebody to work their three months notice or their one month's notice, I can guarantee you now you're getting maximum 60% effort out of them regardless of how professional they are if you're lucky yeah exactly I, I, I encountered I encountered a similar problem I was a manager at Northampton before I went back to Watford and I had four players that were the highest paid players in the team and I had good relationships with them all and I got on with them really well but they come to me and they said to me at the end of the season I'd just taken over got the job because the previous manager's results weren't good enough. The boys come in to me and said, Gaffer, nothing against you. Everything's good here, but we're in the wrong division. And we need to go. And I'm going, no, no problem. We had a plan of who we was going to bring in to replace these guys. But the chairman wanted money from. I said to the chairman, you're not going to get money from. But they're on big money in this division. So let's let them go. Get them gone, let, let them crack on with their careers and we can move on. No, 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 I'm not doing that. In the end, even though that they are, they were okay and never any trouble, it's like what Lee's saying, they don't want to be there. I've got them probably, I've got them, two of them i got playing probably at 70%. In the end, I have to say, in the end, I just went to her, I went, listen, I'm not playing you. Because I'm just not getting enough. I've got no, we've got no problem here. What we've got to do is that we've got to find solutions. We've got to find solutions in December for you to go in January. That's what we need to do. Yeah. But I've got no problem. But you need to come in and you know what I'm like. You know that I won't have apples. I won't have bad apples like that. Yeah. Come in. Just get your work done. I'll help you in any way I can. But it's man management. You know, you, you have to find ways. You have to find different ways. But listen, you know, you've got to have good good communication skills. You've got to be good communication skills. 80% of it now, I reckon, 70 to 80% of it is man management. Well, you've teed it up quite nicely, Dean, because after this break, we're going to talk about exactly that topic and turning our attention more to Jose Mourinho, the man, the manager, and quite what exactly is planning for the rest of the season for Tottenham. So don't go anywhere. We're back after this very, very short break. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. 
Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. It was North London derby day today for the Spurs women. We played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Arsenal women. And I mean, honestly, that's the end of the excitement, really. <laughs> the game pretty much went as expected. Um, there's a pretty big gulf of difference between the two clubs. Uh, Arsenal women have pretty much always been very, very good. And um, that showed again today, I must say. Um I gotta lie to you. Uh, so yeah, going into the game, honestly, I was hoping, you know, for like just a respectable loss because that's really what it is. Maybe showing some fight or passion. I didn't expect us to score against them because we were we haven't really been doing that well anyway. Um, and they're they're very good. They were on a really good clean sheet run as well. So I didn't really expect us to score. I just hoped that we wouldn't concede too much, um, which is pretty much what happened. It ended three 0 So you know respectable that being said I do feel like Arsenal were in second gear in the second half but let's not get carried away let's start from the beginning uh we didn't start well <laughs> uh we kept them out for a while up until 25 minutes really but uh it's just the whole game really had the feel that Arsenal were in full control if they wanted to uh we really kept giving the ball away couldn't really pass we only really started playing towards the end of the second half um we conceded another goal in the first half, so it was 2-0 after 35 minutes. I know this review's all over the place, I'm sorry, but it's more just like a feeling of what's happened, really, because, as I said, the, the goals and stuff don't really matter. I mean, the first two were really nice moves from Arsenal. The third one was a mistake from us. McManus gave it away in the second half. Um, but, yeah, and then afterwards, you know, after 3-0, we, we actually put on some strikers or more strikers and started to attack a bit more and we had a, a chance where three people could have had a, a goal but we didn't um yeah three point back saves but um yeah it we didn't score it wasn't meant to be it wasn't quite the, the other north end of derby we had the 2-1 last time round where I was there was a lot closer. Um, I felt like the teams were a little bit more evenly matched. I still, don't get me wrong, like all respect to Arsenal, still, they still think they're better. Um, but it just felt like we put up more of a fight. Uh, this is this Tottenham team is not really, not really doing it for me. Um, I don't know if it's the lack of fans, because I do know that for them it does make a massive difference. And um, maybe that's it. I don't know if it's the, the manager. I don't know if it's the team selection. Because it keeps changing. I guess we always have a lot of injuries. Maybe it's that. Maybe the, the fact that we're constantly getting new players in. I don't know. There's something a little bit amiss. Um, at least we ended strongly. So it was not a fitness issue, which is really good. But uh, just just no cohesion, I guess, is a, is a way to put it. There's no like team effort or team spirit. I mean, you know, I think they like to work for each other and, and definitely want to play for each other. So we've got that going. But... Somehow on the pitch, it just doesn't work out. Anyway, um, that's that's really it for today. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't bring you better news. But, well, I wanted to say hopefully next time. But unfortunately, I don't think that will be the case either. So maybe sometime in this season, <laughs> before the season's over. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. And come on, you Spurs. Hi, guys. It's Chris here from the Always Smiling Faces Newcastle United podcast. Um, so my thoughts on Sunday's game against yourselves, Tottenham Hotspur. I think I said this last time early on the season when we're due to play yourselves that it's always a good time to play Newcastle United. Um, things haven't changed. It's still a great time to play my club because we are absolutely dreadful. You should be looking at this game thinking, let's see how many goals we can score. Um, I know 
you've been through a little bad spell recently, uh, so some of the, the previous games of the last couple of weeks, but it's nothing compared to, to what we are serving up at the moment. Um, Steve Bruce, still in charge. Um, a lot of fans thought he would have been gone after our result just last week there. Um, obviously, losing against one of the relegation candidates. Um, so, yes, yeah, Steve Bruce is still there, so it's going to be the same old show from, from ourselves where we'll sit back, uh, try and cling on for, for a draw, and very rarely get into the opposition's half. Um, never mind, uh, touches in the box. I think if you look back at last week's game when we played Brighton, uh, Brighton's goalkeeper had completed more successful passes than any single Newcastle United outfield player, uh, which speaks volumes, uh, let, let's be honest. But yeah, um, like I said, boys, it's for yourselves, it, it should be a walk in the park. We may have a few players back. It looks like Callum Wilson's on the verge of returning. Uh, we've seen photos of both him and Alan St. Maximum. Back in training, Almiron made an appearance. He started against Brighton. I think we'll, we'll rush him back a little bit too quickly because didn't look like the same player which we have seen in Almiron. So I wouldn't count on on getting anything from those three. To, to be honest with you, they're not match fit. Um, you've had a the majority of your squad probably away on international duty. Our players have just had six days out of nine off. Uh, Steve Bruce hasn't even had them in training over the last 10 days so that is worrying signs from our point of view but yeah if I'm going to put a result on this one I would probably say Spurs 3 Newcastle nil. Um, shots on goal for ourselves you're probably looking about zero anyway um, so I, I don't know I just I think now Newcastle are at the point where we are just clinging on for dear life teams around us picking up form picking up results um, a lot of people saying that they would rather be in Newcastle United position than Fulham's. Um, Fulham have got some team spirit there. They've got some fight. Newcastle United look like they, they look destined for the drop. And I honestly can't see us picking up any other points for the rest of the season. It's damning verdict of my club at this moment in time. And especially the, the manager, Steve Bruce. But yeah, we are where we are. Um, and I can't really, really... Grumble to be honest with you because of just football hasn't been good enough. But yeah, um, good luck for Sunday. Hopefully I am wrong. Hopefully we do get some points because we need them a hell of a lot more than what you guys do. So yeah, um, keep up the good work and I'll speak to you next season hopefully. Hello and welcome back to the second half of this week's Last Word on Spurs. Bringing you a special show during this international break. Delighted to have alongside me Lee McQueen. And the brilliant Dean Austin returning to the last one on Spurs. Absolute pleasure to have him on. Dean, want to turn our attention next to the man that's currently in the hot seat for how much longer? We don't know. That is Jose Mourinho. Now, it would only be fair to ask you, um, as a man that's managed, coached, what your personal views are in terms of Jose, how you think he's been with Spurs this season, um, and also, tactically-wise, what you've made of the job he's done at Tottenham to this point. Well, obviously, he's a manager that is, he deserves huge respect because of the amount of trophies and the success that he's had at his other clubs. Um, there's not, uh, there's been no surprises for me on how the team is set up and how the team's wanted to uh, have gone about his business. Um, he has a he has a, a methodology or game principles in which he believes in and. People have to adhere to those principles, um, and that is 
um, quite a pragmatic approach. And um, that is how he goes about it. Um, I think the only team that I think I've seen of his that have not been like that was his first team when he first came over at Chelsea. Lee, similar question to you, really. I mean, listen, we speak about Jose every week and it feels like we do it as a broken record. And obviously there's more emphasis on Jose because the nature of some of our results. Well, that's the way he likes it, to be fair. He, like, he likes it all on him, to be it, fair. He does, so really, to be fair. We're, we're, <laughs> just, we're just cracking on what he wants. <laughs> Lee, looking back now, kind of, again, it's a question to ask you as well. From a, from a tactical perspective, um, have you been impressed? Have you been disappointed by Jose in terms of Spurs' style and set-up? It's one that, like you know, Dean says there, it's pragmatic. Hmm. It was getting results, to be fair, this season, you know, November, December. Um, I don't see many people were complaining. Yes, there was always an element that, you know, it could be more prettier. But when we were grinding out the wins, you know, that where we, you know, I think beat Burnley, uh, we beat West Brom, if I remember. Um, everybody yeah. was quite, you know, buoyant. Spurs were top of the Premier League and it was so rosy. But it's the problem, isn't it? When you're not getting results and you're playing that style of football, it's so, so hard, isn't it? It is, and I think I think it's gone in three stages uh, so far the season. If you can break it up into kind of three stages, ten games left, or what we've got now, nine games left. Um, so it's kind of like we're coming into the fourth stage, so the the, the last quarter. Um, when this season started, uh, we started pretty well. There's no doubt about that. Um, we were we were scoring goals. Right. We were beating Manchester United. Well, the performance five past Southampton. We put no seven past Manchester Haifa. We put six past Manchester United. No, no one could no one could sit here and say, "Oh, Jose's being defensive." We started bad against Everton. We we, we lost the first game one nil. Deli Ali was hooked off at half time, and that, that started to, that kind of narrative down there. But in terms of Spurs attacking and scoring goals. In any competition that we was in, we're doing all right. Um, although he is pragmatic, and we was on that counter attack, as Dean exactly said at the beginning of the show. Uh, and then, and then the Newcastle game happened, where we absolutely battered them, um, but we only scored once. And you know that's nothing to do with defence. The defence don't score goals, by the way. But we only scored once, and then we paid the price with uh, with um, the penalty that was given away uh, by a silly VAR decision, nonetheless. And we drew the game one one. And then the next game, we were three 0 up against West Ham absolutely battering them and we drew the game 3-3 and after that point since so the first bit he changed he totally changed and then it started to go beep 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 buses are coming in and then let's park that bus right up and that's when we started going through that period of Burnley and going through that period of West Brom but we're still getting results at the end of the day and uh, we beat Arsenal I think to beat them 2-0 when they had the lion's share of the ball and I think we only had two or three attempts on target we scored two went top of the league that weekend and then the Liverpool game happened that we referenced earlier. Um, and that was that top of the table clash. We was on the same points. We was above on goal difference. Went to Anfield and they beat us. And then we just fell off a cliff. And then we couldn't do anything. Well, I think we lost seven out of the eight. The, the stats, we haven't beaten any top eight team uh, other than the Man City game and all of these sorts of things. So that was your second turning point. And then there was a, there's a third turning point, which is now, which is kind of happening now. If you look at the form table in the Premier League, we're actually top of the form table. Now, now, you wouldn't know that because, you know, the week that we've just had previous uh, to, to, to beating Villa was absolutely horrific. So we obviously lost against uh, um, Zagreb and we lost against Arsenal. But that Arsenal loss was the, far, the first loss in six games. So we're actually top of the form table in the Premier League. So I think that this is the third bit. And, and, and it's a little bit like, I mean, Dean would be able to articulate it better than me. It's a little bit like running a marathon, right? If, you, if, you, if you're running a marathon and you go off sprinting really fast, you're not going to win that marathon, right? Unless you keep that tempo up the whole marathon, which is pretty impossible. If we're in that kind of pack there or thereabouts, ready to go again for the last eight, nine, ten games, 
then then maybe we're in we're in for 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 a nice finish and we're with a chance of getting something and that's where we are so you look at jose's pragmatic approach you look at jose's the way that he's schooled if you like some of these players you look at his his a uh, you know you could argue that he's probably got the best out of harry kane He's, he's got more goal. He's top goal scorer in the Premier League and he's got more assists than anyone else. That's the biggest return he's ever had. So you could argue that. You could argue that Son's having his best season um, that he's ever had. So, uh, you know, from an attacking play, you could also argue that we're only the second team in Europe to score 100 goals in a season so far, which also is, is mind-blowing because the amount of rubbish that we've seen served up or turgid football seen served up and that you see how are these stats and it goes back to a point Dean made at the beginning, which is, Jose will spout these stats out that I won the Carabao Cup for the first time in 13 years. He will. And he'll spout these stats out as well. But they are true stats. I mean, we sit here with a pretty horrific defence in, in most Spurs fans' opinions, yet we've got the third best defensive record in the Premier League. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't kind of marry up. Do you get what I mean, Rick? So, so I think with Jose, I think that even now, with the way the season's gone, if he wins the Carabao Cup... It won't be enough. And I agree with Dean. He has to get in the top four now. Top four on a trophy. Most Spurs fans, probably 95% Spurs fans, before the beginning of the season would have snapped your arm off for top four finish and a trophy. And we can he can still deliver that. So let's see what happens in the next 10 games. Dean, coming around to you, I want to ask you a question where, you know, we know, you know, Jersey's been known during this season actually to throw a lot of Spurs players under a bus. And for those that he has, you know, from your perspective as a, as a coach and a manager, how difficult is it when you've done that to then try and reintegrate these players and bring them back on board? Well, firstly, from a player's point of view, remember I've been a player and I've had it done to me. And a player as well, of course, my ad. Yeah, but when it does happen to you, it's, um, well, it certainly is not going to make you feel good about yourself, put it that way. And even no matter how hard you try or how hard you work, you will, you'll be missing a little bit. You'll be off it a little bit. It's human nature because you, you've got, you've got negative thoughts. You've got negative mindset because, you know, the manager's thrown you under a bus or, or whatever he's done, or he's criticised you in the press or he's criticised you in a meeting or, or whatever. It, it will affect you. And I think that it has, obviously, through looking at the the uh, squad, it's definitely affected a few players, for sure. Doherty's been affected. He's not been nowhere near the player that he was at Wolves. Um, Winks has been affected massively. Delhi's been affected massively. And I just, like, you know, I think that, you know, Players aren't, players aren't perfect. Players aren't perfect, but you need all your players. You need all your players. You get two injuries in central midfield, all of a sudden, Delhi, you know, you need him. He's going to be needed. You know, it's, I, I just look at that and I just, um, going back to the, the style thing, I think that, you know, football, is an entertainment business and supporters want to be entertained. And we at Tottenham, more than most, we're demanding. But this manager don't care about that. He's not interested in style. He's not interested in how the team plays. He's interested in winning games of football. 
then do you think he's got away with no fans being in the stadium? Because you imagine 62,000 Spurs fans in that new well, stadium. I think, playing I, like think that. I think he's really got away with it. I really do. I think he would have I think he would have got absolutely bombarded. I really do. I really do. And I, and I you know, I went to Spurs games under Maurizio in the last three months, and even Maurizio was getting bombarded. And he's been one of the best managers the club's had. Now, it probably was time, you know, five years at a club like Spurs, you know, you're not going to have managers doing what Alex Ferguson's done and Arsene Wenger's done anymore. It's, it, you know, you have a shelf life. Managers have a shelf life. And I actually think that Jose's that that clever that he's like, right, get in, get in, win, get out. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty much that is the modern day mentality as a manager. Because the job is so volatile. But I think that he will get time. I, I, I think he'll get next season as well. Uh, it's, it's, sorry, Rick, I was just about to say, because I think, again, you make a brilliant point. Uh, you know, part of the reason Jose is coming here is to have that that kind of legacy again to say that, that he's, he's the one that changed Tottenham's fortunes, like you said at the beginning of the show. But 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 actually, he's also in here on a short-term basis. Like, I, I can't see... I, I do think he'll get next year as well. And honestly, to all the listeners out there, you know I think I'm crazy with my crazy train stuff and whatever, and you can at me if you want, no problem. I think we will win the Carabao Cup. I, I do. I think we'll win the... I think it's in, I think it's in him to win a trophy. I, I, I just think. He... he for all of his for all of his antics and for all of his you know dinosaur ways and all of that stuff he's a winner and he, he i just i can't see, i know peppers as well and i know man city are miles better than us and i know that i, d- I don't know why but you know you would never bet against jose Mourinho in a one off game do you know what i mean dean and i just think that you know if you were given I, I know, the choice I I feel the same. If you were I given the so. choice of two or three managers in the world to manage you in a cup final to get you over the line, one of them would be Jose. It would. Mm. And I just, probably the other one would be Pep, to be fair. So my argument's yeah. a bit flawed. But I just, I, I don't know why. And again, maybe it's more hope than expectation. But I generally think that we'll win that cup. I, I just I just think we will. And it, and it might be our catalyst to, to kind of go on. I do think that you'll get another year. And I do think that... Um, that we will go again in the summer. I do. I, I generally think that. I think that the board, that Daniel Levy in particular, wanted Jose so badly. He's not just going to throw him in the trash. You know, everybody has, you know, look at Klopp's first season at Liverpool. Where'd they finish? Seventh? In their first season. Mm. Think about it. You know, you work with Brendan Rodgers, right? Think about Brendan Rodgers done an unbelievable job at Liverpool and they were so unlucky and they should have won the league gate that year and they, everyone knows what happens. Same mm. situation with Potocino. He was unbelievable at Spurs. Should have won the Champions League. Should have done the Should have won at least trophy, but they didn't. Now, Brendan Rodgers leaves and Klopp goes in. They set a new plan and he's given what? two seasons or at least two free transfer windows, two main ones in a, in a January to get his players in and to do what he does. And he's won everything. He's been absolutely unbelievable. I think, I think it will be very Spursy if I can use, a, I don't like that terminology on this, on this show, but it'd be very Spursy, wouldn't it? To sack the manager who's, who's won everything in the game three times over before he wins anything. I mean, it'd be a classic. Don't do it. You can't. I think you've got to back him and you've got, you've, this is where we are. Let's let's move on. And like we said before, and, and, and Rick, sorry to, to carry on, but when we talked about Danny Rose and we talked about these other players and they're still there, give Jose an opportunity to 
you know, clear them out and, and go go again fresh. Do, do you not agree, Rick or Dean? Like, no, I, I, I see, just think that I see where you're coming from. I do. I mean, I, I wonder, Dean, also to ask. You know, I spoke a minute ago about you know Jose Fran players under a bus, and you know, do you think though his demands on players are actually any different from any other coach, like of Pep and Klopp, or do you just think the way he goes about his man management is different to these guys? Because um, I think. Only from what I see, Guardiola, I never really see Guardiola ever really criticise his players. It's almost like after a game and there's a defeat, he almost puts the heat back on himself. Um, again, with Klopp, I mean, you see it's been difficult for him this season, but um, he's happy yeah. to take the flak for the majority of some of their performances. Do you think, yeah. when you look at it, is there much difference in terms of the demands from those coaches on their players? No, I think that they're just, you know, every all coaches, the top coaches have all got their own unique way of how they do things. Jose's got his way of doing things. I, I, listen, it's not how I would do it. I don't agree with it. It's not like after the Arsenal game, you know, for for an hour or just over an hour, we've sat in and let Arsenal dictate the game. And then he comes out afterwards and says, well, we've just won against Zagreb and we just won against Crystal Palace. It's the same group of players. I haven't told them to do that. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. As a coach, as a coach, you know, you will work tactically on how you're going to set up against the team. And those boys, if those boys are set up to go and press, they would have been 25 yards further up the field and they'd have been after Arsenal. But for him to come out and say, I mean, to be fair, when we did put our foot to the pedal with 20 minutes to go, we had 10 men, we could have got something, should have got something. But then I don't like when it comes out after and going, it's a, it's a deflection. It's a deflection. So that was deflected. You know, I, I never said that. I never told the players to do that. And the other deflection was, is that he, he likes this one. We're in control. When you ain't got the ball, mate, you ain't in control. Forget that. You ain't in control. You might try and control, but one error, which is what we've been getting in the last three months, one error or two errors from these defensive players, not night. Spot on. I mean, literally spot on, isn't it? I mean, let's be brutally honest about it. And and, and I think and I think that's been an issue. But when you when you hear Dean say that, being a player, being a coach, being a manager. You know, you you asked a question earlier, Rick, about tactical. Has Jose? I, I actually been very disappointed with his not his tactics in terms of parking the bus. I think that's all disappointing for everyone to see. But tactically in game, changing things up. You know, when he first came in, he was like subbing off Eric Dyer at half time or after twenty minutes. Now he doesn't even make a decision to change stuff around. I mean, it, it was it was clear as day that Tierney during that game was absolutely battering us down that left hand side. So instead of keeping Bale out there, why don't you just put Lucas out there to double up and then put Bale in the middle? You didn't even have to change any people. And I'm not a football coach at all, clearly. But that's what, what I, would have, I would have made hooks, that change. Hooks Gareth off after 55 minutes. And then he hauls him off after 55 minutes. And what he could have done is just put Lucas out there, couldn't he? Yeah. And let Lucas track back a bit and give give, give Gareth that, that number 10. The, the, there's, when you play against certain teams, you'll play against the Man Cities. And, and when you play against the Man Cities, there ain't no point get going after those teams. But you've got to, like, and he, he, the manager is great at this. He will set set traps up for stuff like that against teams like that. But when you're playing against, when you're playing against lower teams, like we're going to Brighton, with all due respect, we're going away to Brighton, and we and we're camped in our half for a, an hour and ten minutes. And I'm like, oh, what? you know, we've got some very good players, 
We've got some very good players. And I would like, as a fan, I would like them being, be given the freedom to express themselves. Is the emphasis totally. being just too much on the... It feels like the emphasis is too much on what the opposition are going to do and less than what we're going to do as a, as a team. Do you get that feeling? Well, when we was in the middle of this real bad spell, mm. 100%. Because when we were trying to play out of the back, we didn't look like we had a plan. No. We looked like that we didn't know what we were doing. Mm. I, I, when I say about that, I will discount Sonny and, and Kane from, from that when I talk about players being allowed to express themselves and play. Because um, those two seem to be the only two that are allowed to express themselves and go and play type thing. Um, but I, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you want to see, we've got some good players, but we've got more. There's more in the tank. There's definitely, we've got loads in the tank. And if we put our foot down, we, we could have got top four. My, my problem now with the top four, thinking about top four, is that Chelsea, like, you've got less than a, or eight points ahead. So you've got eight games to go, whatever it is. You've now got to be looking at them to lose three and you've got to win all eight. Realistically, with Man United, Man City, Leicester, I don't know if, you, if you're going to do that. I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to win all eight. And Chelsea, in such good moment. They're blowing everyone away. So that's why I'm a little bit like, we've got to catch Chelsea and I'm not sure whether we're good enough to catch Chelsea at this moment, mm. playing the way that we are playing, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just on the top four, because you're bringing it onto the a little segue into the path that I was going to be heading to, you know, Dean, for you, for this season to be deemed a success, is it It has to be a minimum top four finish, regardless of the, of the League Cup. Top four is yeah. everything, isn't it? I, I yeah, it is for me, and I'll probably get absolutely battered for this. But I would rather be in the top four than win the trophy because the money will enable the club to be able to invest on better players again. And then when we get fans back in, you know, hopefully by September, the Champions League is the place that you want to be. And if you're in the Champions League, this manager against big teams is. Is always good. He lives for the Champions League. You would then like to think that we're going to get last 16, last eight, which is then tops the tops the coffers up. And it enables you to compete, to buy, to replace players and go out and buy better players. Lee, coming around to you, I know you always do the calculations, the analytics behind top four and what's possible. You look at it for you now at the moment, you know, we're only just three points off the top four at present. You know, we are still, yeah. you know, we're in a good shout of it. You know, we can obviously also win the League Cup. Are you the same as Dean, where for you, the top four is the minimum requirement? I mean, bearing in mind, I say that, listen, under Pochettino, top four was almost a certainty every season with him. It was almost like, you know, it's about putting that cup alongside the top four. So, you know, it would feel like going back and regressing if top four wasn't the minimum objective. It does feel like that, but but actually sometimes you've got to take a step backwards to take two forwards. And that's in, in business or in football or in life. Um, you know, we are in a difficult moment in, in the last couple of years. We talked about earlier about the Champions League hangover still and what, what happened there. I always have Chris Callan's, uh, you know, words echoing in my head when he said, when we was on Love Sports Show, I remember it, and he said, no, we've got to spend now. We've got to go out and do it and capitalise on the Champions League final and, and where we can be. And we didn't particularly, didn't do that very well. I think in terms of actual top four, look, I mean, 
I'm no, I'm ne- not going to say never until it's it's mathematically not impossible. I do agree with Dino. I think that Leicester are in good form. Um, you know, they're, they're eight points ahead of us. That's too many games for them to lose and, and for, for us to pick up. Although the bonus is that we do play them still, so that that could be essentially a six point if that makes sense. Um, we don't play Chelsea and we don't play West Ham. And they're the two other teams that are above us at the minute. Um, and uh, Everton with their game and then could go above us as well. But again, we we do play them, so you know that that's kind of in our own hands. I think we need to. I think we need to go and get three points against Newcastle. When you when you look at the uh, the remaining fixtures, can we get three points at home to Manchester United? Possibly difficult. Can we go away to Everton and win? Well, yes, it's been a very good hunting ground for us. But in the in the way that we're playing at the minute, should we be beating Sheffield United? Yes. Should we be beating Leeds at home uh, away? Sorry, tough game maybe, but. But yes, Wolves, yes, Villa, we're just beating them away. So we should be beating them at home. Uh, Southampton at home, we should be beating them. So I think it's going to be closer than, than, than maybe some think. I think that when you look at the, the last 10 seasons of the, of the top six, top five, top four finishes, last 10 seasons, top four is 71 points. Last 10 seasons on average, top five is 68. Last 10 seasons, top six is 63. We don't want to be doing the top six, do we, guys and listeners? We want to be going higher than that. But, you know, realistically, in order for us to get top four on the average points total over the last 10 years, we're going to have to win seven out of the eight games. And, and, and is that realistic? Hmm. Mm. Well, it's doable because it was done early on in the season. So and that's the um, bit that yeah. keeps your hope, doesn't you it? Know, we can yeah, that's do the that. Bit that so. gives you hope. I think yeah. that, you know, it's, um, yeah. I mean, but, last, you know, I was going to sorry, sorry, Dean. I was going to say last season, Chelsea finished fourth. Uh, Leicester didn't even get in the top four, and they was in the exact same position that they are now, and they dropped mm. all them points, and they didn't finish fourth. Chelsea finished fourth with sixty six points. Now, if if I'm not saying the top four is going to be that low again, but if it is, mm. I reckon we can get top four, no problem. But you've got yeah. to go on the on the history over a longer period of time. Seventy one points. I reckon 71-72 will get you a top four position this year. We've got to ask ourselves the question, are we going to get, what, the best part of 14 points from now until the end of the season out of nine games? That's, that's you know, that's what we've got to get. Yeah, that's very, do- very doable. I think that it's, uh, um, you know, last year certain situations killed certain teams. So the pandemic killed Leicester, absolute killed them. They were in the form of their lives when the Premier League shut down. They come back, they couldn't win a game. And it's like, so it's a different, it's a different scenario. Um, it's a different scenario this year. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't bet against us. I wouldn't bet against us getting in the top four. Um, I think that if you can get somewhere in and around that, hopefully you can. And then I think that what will happen is that he will... I think his plan will be to clear some of the decks. Yeah. But but I don't know how possible that that's going to be in this current climate. I've, I've got to, of, I've got I've got to just quickly go in because yeah. on the sorry Dean to interrupt you, but but the points to, I've just completely messed up my math is actually twenty four points, not fourteen, because people are going to at me on that. So it makes it a lot harder to get twenty four mm, points out of the last nine games, yeah. Yeah. Other, rather than the fourteen that I just mm. messed up my math on. So yeah. so forgive but me. I think, but, but I think Lee, I think that the, that what you have to at this moment in time, and it's the old cliche: they've got to win the next game. 
that, that, that that's all they just got to look at. They got to win the next game. They got to win the next game. Talk about the next game, Dean. Um, interesting. We've seen Gareth Bale's comments during this international break. He said that I enjoyed my time at Tottenham. Everyone has seen the jokes we have with the Welsh Mafia and stuff. I feel good recently. You can see that in my performances. But my situation is clear as daylight. I'm at Tottenham now, but next season I'll be back at Madrid. Now we saw in that game against Aston Villa. Well, that that Bale was really um didn't warm up. Um, kept his coat on for the majority of that game. Whatever's happened there again with Jose, you know, it's one of those where clearly it seems once again that relationship isn't at the best it could be. It does seem appear to be strained. Do you think Bale will feature much between now and the end of the season based on those comments? I think that from what we've seen from this manager, if he feels that he's working hard enough in training and showing the correct attitude, he'll play. And if he don't, he won't. It's pure and simple. This manager doesn't care. He doesn't care. It's, it's just not his way. Um, I just don't... Uh, um, I think that, you know, Gareth was always only going to be here for a year, realistically, because he still had another year to run on his contract at Real Madrid. But, you know, he's... Listen, if Zidane's, Zidane is there, Gareth Bale will not be there. Mm, yeah. But there's talk today that Zidane could be going to Juventus. That Perlo's on his last legs. And obviously Zidane, so if he goes back to Madrid, you know, it might it might open again. But, I think I think though, again, Spurs fans were in the back of their mind hoping with Bow that it wasn't going to be just the one season. I mean, I think they had the option, maybe I think, you know, Alistair Gold, friend of the show, I think, mm. you know, it was the opportunity there that if this season did go well, Spurs would have been given the first option to try and negotiate a longer-term deal. Well, then, in which case, then, if that's what the case was and Gareth has said what he said and I never actually saw it, mm. he's probably playing the manager uh, his own game by saying, if you're here, mate, I'm not going to be. <laughs> mm. is it, is it, yeah, I mean, this is the point I'm making, at least. Do you think if he was under a different manager and Bow had the most sensational season? I mean, listen, to be fair to Gareth, he was hitting form only a few weeks ago. We were seeing, you know... Glimpses of the Gareth Bale that we all knew, and, and obviously we loved, and you know you can see that, and it just feels it's just stopped again. I I just wonder, you know, what do you think? Do, do you know what I, I think? This is I think this is somebody that said something on international duty, and because he speaks English, you can't say that it was mistranslated. But if this was a foreign player, it would be mistranslated. I think what else is the guy going to say? He's been asked by a journalist to say. Are you are you going back to Real Madrid next year, or do I do you want to start Spurs till next season? And he's come out and said, "I'm contracted to Real Madrid, so I'm yeah. I'm, I'm going back to Real Madrid." That's the deal. What else is he, can he? What else can he yeah. say? He, he can't say, "No way, I ain't going back to Real Madrid." Uh, it's awful. He can't he can't say that because he's contracted under the club. So, what's disappointing is that he could have said it in a different way. He could have said it along the lines of, "I've had an unbelievable time at Tottenham. I love this football club." which is basically what he said when he first joined, when he first came back. And uh, we'll have to see what happens at the moment. I'm contracted to go. So it, that There's was many ways he could have done with it, Lee. There's many ways he could have dealt with it. Exactly. And he could have even, he, he could have turned around and said, all I'm concentrating on is the last eight games. For, yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Last exactly. nine games for Spurs. Yeah. And then we'll see in the summer what's going to happen. Which it feels like at the um, moment, Dean, he just, he's just shut it down. Do you see what I'm coming up? It just feels like he's shut it down. Yeah, yeah. But that maybe that was his little... Dig back at the manager because the manager's been out. It's like tit for tat. It's all pretty immature, mm. really, isn't it? It's like you know, it's uh, it's just a bit of tit for tat. Which you know, as I say, I think that it's um, 
it's unnecessary. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, it, it is really unnecessary. And it's something that us Spurs fans, we didn't want to see or hear that. You know, no. just you know, button it, get on with your football and, you know, let's not worry about it. But he did... That's ultimately what you want to see play, players do. You mm, want to see players... You, you want to see players that, uh, you know, they are they are su- superstars. They're all paid well. You just want them to get their nuts down, work hard for the club and, and see where it takes them. Yep. Um, but, on the other hand, if there's a manager that don't really care about the club... He just cares about himself and cares about his next result, and then people are disrespected. Then that's when that's obviously when the problems come, and that's when uh, you know we've used the word a few times, or I have today, unnecessary. Mm. You know, in football, Rick, in football management, you never have to seek confrontation because confrontation will always find you as a manager. Always. Because you have to make decisions. And when you have to make decisions, there there are other people that are not going to be happy with those decisions. And therefore, they're going to knock on your door and want answers. So you don't need to seek the confrontation. Yeah, I agree. Just to finish then, interesting guys on this point. With regards to Jose, if we do not get the top four, which, you know, by Lee's calculation, 24 points, I mean, that's a very, very tall order. Um, you guys seem to indicate earlier that you think Mourinho will be given that time. Do you think, Dean, he will be given that time even if he doesn't get the top four? Do you think he'll still be here next season? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I really do. I think he'll, I think he'll try. Um, it's like he said something uh, a few weeks ago on a press conference that I did, again, I, did, I didn't like it. It was almost like it was a dig at the club, dig at the chairman. Sort of said that there are circumstances within this club that are out of anybody's control, any manager or coach's control. I cannot, I, I can't control those. And I just felt that that was a dig at probably Deli Alley going to be going to PSG and then doesn't go. Obviously, there was reports Winks going to Valencia. Chairman pulled the plug on that because it was only a loan. And I think that that's, that's the scenarios in which we're kind of talking about. But I think that his problem this year, and, and I think that there'll be some money, they'll make some money available. Definitely got a, definitely need a centre-half or two. But I think the problem is going to be, as it always will be with Spurs, with Daniel, with the amount of money that he wants for the players that Jose feels that are surplus to requirements. And I think that is where, I think that's where the issue will be, mate. Interesting. Lee, for you, again, sim- similar to Dean, do you think Jose will be here next season? Yeah, I think he will. I, th- I, I do I agree with Dean. I think, you know, bearing in mind what we talked about earlier in the show, I think that that's, you know, I think that's going to pan out. I think if he, if he wins a trophy, he'd definitely be here. I think that that's his, his gateway for, for sure. Um, Again, personnel changes again. I agree with Dean. You know, we, we need some, some. well, in fact, Dean mentioned it earlier, leaders in the team. And I think Pierre is one. I think, the, I think that we've got maybe a couple there. I think if you, but we haven't got three or four leaders in the, in the team. Uh, I think that there's some, some voices that have been in the dressing room for a long period of time and Hugo is one of them. Um, I think the defence uh, needs to be 
strengthened or we put our eggs in the in the young guys baskets and and we go for it and and we give them the games and we we blood them in and we get them in that's the tangangas and the joe rodans and you know get, get them playing i think that he might have nailed his um his uh his uh colors if you like to the mast uh in in you know leaving out eric dyer and picking i think Davison Sanchez has played seven of the last eight games, if correct me if I'm wrong. And that's that's incredible uh, for, not well, not for Davison Sanchez, just for a defender to play that many games on the trot because typically we move that that around all of the time. So I think we do need to do some work in the summer. Uh, and I think that he will have another year at a football club, uh, which is probably not going to be new, uh, lovely news to a lot of our listeners if they want Jose not here. But if if... He can adapt, which I don't ever think he will. But if he can, if he can adapt, maybe out the players' mentality to winning, and we start winning stuff. I don't think, you know, I, I think that will probably um, uh, that will probably keep keep him in the role a little bit longer. But I, I, I'm with Dean. I, you know, I'm a season ticket holder, as you know, in block two five two, and love love the new stadium, love the old stadium, love the new stadium. I'm not sure I could put up watching some of that football live. Um, week in, week out. I mean, it takes me two hours to get to the stadium, right? And and I'm not sure that I'll be sitting there next year going, uh, you know, do I be, am I going to a late night kickoff at White Hart Lane, or the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Yep. I'm watching some of that. I mean, that, that is hard work. But if we're top of the league, bring it on. I'll be going every week. Mm. Top of what league will be the question? Fair play or the Premier League? We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to wait and yeah. see. Dean, only want to finish up and ask you yeah, what the plans are for you in the future. You know, um, difficult point at the moment with the whole pandemic and we're still in this situation. But what is Dean Austin's next steps? Well, that's a million dollar question, mate. <laughs> it's, uh, it's tough at the minute. I've done many roles within a football club and um, we will see, um, you know, abroad was an option last year for me, but I've got young kids. Um, so it was... It was uh, it was not enough. It was not enough for uh, a good enough deal f- to be able to take me away from home. Um, but you know, I'm very optimistic about the future. I'm involved in a few projects inside football, still in football. Um, but I'll just wait and see what happens, mate. Really. Okay. Well, listen, Dean. I'm sure we're going to catch up with you throughout. Obviously, the end of well, hopefully the end of the season, we'll get you hopefully back on and find out what's going on with you. But um, been a real pleasure, Dean, to have you finally back on the last word on Spurs, and we look forward to obviously speaking to you very soon. Pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Man. Oh, pleasure. And the wonderful Lee McQueen. Lee, we remains to be seen. We may be bringing a show midweek for Newcastle just to kind of see what's going to be happening. Obviously, depending on Spurs news, what's coming. Three points, Rick. That's what's going to be happening. Three Don't you points. worry about that. We're going up there and we're getting three points and then we come back and we go again. That's what's happening. <laughs> it's very weird now. We go from doing these shows twice a week and it's going to be very limited now because of the fixtures. I think we're going back to once a week at the moment by the looks of it. I know, I know. Crazy. I think that's another thing as well. Like, you know, when Dean was talking about earlier, is it, you know, it is possible to, to do that one game at a time. Mm. There's yep. no Europe. There's no distractions other than that's the Cowboy Cup final. I think what's really important is we go up to Newcastle, get three points, concentrate then on United, yep. get three points, mm. concentrate on Everton, get three points. Yep. If we go into that Cup final on a run of three wins mm. on the bounce... I give us an even better chance than than, than obviously at, at the minute as well. You've also got to remember that City are in all the competitions, yep. so they, they've got that pressure in and around. I think it's quarter final time and mm. uh, Champions League, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, semi final time in the Champions League um, and the FA Cup time, all around that Cowboy Cup final time. So all the stuff that we wanted to be involved in, 
unfortunately we're not, but they are. So that might have a bearing on, on how that cup final works out, mightn't it? It may do indeed. And just on the cup final, are you right to kind of get predictions? Lee, you think we're going to win the cup final? I do. I think we'll park the bus and win 1-0. <laughs> Dean, what do you reckon? You optimistic Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho? Oh, I've always said this, that I would never, ever back against Jose Mourinho on a one-off game. Mm. I just never would back against him. And I think that's only the right way to leave this one. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. The wonderful Dean Austin, Lee McQueen on the last one on Spurs. Guys, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.